You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo. To find out more, visit www.oasiswaterloo.org. So I don't know about you, but in um, my house, um, we are not big into gifts at Easter. But breaking with tradition, um, one of my boys gave me his cold, and the other one shared with me his conjunctivitis. Um, I am blessed this morning. It meant that I couldn't taste the hot cross buns, um, but I have never experienced anything like swallowing um, the hot cross bun this morning. It was like a thousand daggers. So you'll have to um, uh, bear with me this morning. But it's Easter morning, and we have reason to celebrate because um, we have a renewed reality, and this changes our very melody. You see, this story that turns the world upside down reveals a divine rhythm and sound. We gather in what is actually diminished numbers this morning, um, here today, to remember a man who claimed to be the exclusive way. The events are impossible to perceive. In truth, we probably find it quite hard to believe that a man of blood and flesh was killed and then three days later rose afresh. This man, Jesus, he claimed to be God. And together with his little squad, he began a subversive revolution. But surely that ended with his crucifixion. We all know the signs of success. It's the high life, it's life, it's stuff in excess. But this man was killed, he was slain on a cross, and whoever you are, you know that that's loss. So why would anyone choose to follow? Certainly it'd be better to follow Apollo. He was a god of power and a god of might. He was the Greek god of light. But Jesus' path, Well, it was weakness. To love thy neighbor and honor meekness. Aristotle, he was a famous Greek, a 4th century BC philosophy geek, and he developed a set of virtues that to this day reflect our popular views. The greatest were magnanimity and wisdom. But in in essence, they were little more than a moral hedonism. We believe that the proof of greatness is displayed through strength. And when we proudly offer, and then we proudly offer a measly tenth, charity comes from our great wealth. It's a sign of our financial health. The world aspires to be philanthropic, but only when it supports our biopic. Distilled to a word, our value is power. That's our political flower. The ability to manipulate and satiate, dominate and decimate. And only when we have a portfolio of real estate will we ever have cause to celebrate. Jesus' path was surely foolishness. It was a kind of self-effacing ghoulishness. He commanded his followers to love their enemies, one of his many recorded heresies. He included the poor, the marginalised and the sinners. It is with these people that he shared his dinners. The uneducated, the adulterated, the outcast and the slated. You have to question how much of his plan was calculated. 
These were the people with whom he entrusted his legacy, people who had next to no credibility. And yet, incredibly, the church persists to include the people the world has dismissed. Jesus' great rule was of a different tradition. And this is what he made his mission, the original force that made our galaxy and binds together every family. It is not power over the other, but to love like our heavenly mother. But the Messiah was meant to command a legion of warriors, to be glorious and ultimately victorious. So how can this rule be true? And is it something that we should submit to? Desmond Tutu once said, God's love is too great to be confined to any one side of a conflict or any one religion. In other, word, in other words, God transcends our practiced tradition. You see, when you extend power, you must always defend, for you will only make an enemy and never a friend. The lion's share necessitates less for your neighbor, and this will engender your life's labor. Competition and conflict will always result in a personal blow because even if you win, you will have made a foe. Violence only begets violence and greed only begets greed. Love is the only rule through which we are freed. But before we claim to champion love and decorate our house with a symbolic dove, we should be aware of the demanding cost and mindful of where we will make a loss. Love is not limp, it is not weak, it is not quaint. It is a sacrificial practice, it's the mark of a saint. Love demands that you give when your pockets are empty and your plate is bare. It compels you to forego the retaliation that's fair. Love is dirty, love is smelly. It keeps unsociable hours. It emboldens you to stand up to dehumanizing powers. To love is to bend, to serve the social least, and to invite them to your exclusive feast. Love appears to be an uncalculated loss. It's modeled on Jesus' cross. Be aware. Until the world shares this rule, we must be prepared to look like the fool. For we do not serve brands and dreams of grandeur. We worship a heavenly saviour. And on the cross, Jesus did show just how far love will go. And this folly, this madness, is the paint for our canvas. As we lay down our ambition, our rights, our pride, we discover that life can be magnified, for it is in service to this truth and community with one another that we learn to live life in technicolor. All the shades and every tone, celebrating cultures from every zone. But when darkness does come and death draws a line, we must come back together to break bread and share wine. Because get this, Jesus' followers claimed he was the Christ even after he was crucified. It was the end. Jesus was defeated. His disciples felt like they had been cheated. They slowly returned to the business of fishing and improved their general standard of living. But the impossible, the inconceivable, the ridiculous and unbelievable wrenched them 
from their gloom. Jesus, it was rumoured, had left the tomb. And with this most ridiculous claim, the early believers were set aflame. They had witnessed that there is no law greater than that of love, the work of our creator. We cannot fear death, for Jesus was given a second breath. And in our lowest and most desperate hour, we will see that love from God is the greatest power. We shout, he is risen. He has risen indeed. This is the foundation of our creed. It is, this, it is a statement of belief and intent. It is a decision to repent and then represent. We all live by a story, but there are none that match up to this divine glory. Today we are invited to make this one our own. It is your heavenly parents calling you home. Love, it is your birthright. It's the order of creation. It is what binds every relation. It is hope. It is life. It is renewal. And this morning we remember that it is eternal. And now we address the elephant in the room. And this will shake you from your monotonous gloom. For the madness that looks like folly is the most profound truth behind which we rally. Had the story ended with the cross, the early church would have been at a loss. And yet Paul, the man who persecuted the church, saw a light and called off his search. He gave his life to this new reality. It led him around, and around the world and across the sea. He gave up status, respect and power for a life on the road and a prison tower. Paul said himself, if Christ had not risen, his preaching would be useless. He knew that his new life would have been rendered completely meaningless. And yet, he and the first disciples were compelled to give it all. Their lives became a rallying, reconciling call. A story so broad and profound that in it every truth is found. This truth commands the lives our lives of the followers. It compels us to live lives as peaceful warriors. To love the least is all the madness in the world. To the wise, it's craziness unfurled. But today we remember the tombstone that was rolled aside. And so of nothing should we ever be terrified. Christ is the wisdom and the power of Yahweh. And so be assured, love is the way. Let me pray for you. Yahweh, we thank you that this is our story, that there is nothing that should terrify us, that all the madness in the world, that we should love the least and lay down our lives. The reality is that Jesus was crucified and rose again. And behind that truth, we rally. You are the greatest truth. This truth that in love, we win. Love wins. And so when it's hard, God, I pray that you would keep us strong. You would keep us assured of this truth. 
Christ has risen. There is nothing that we need to fear. Love wins. And I thank you that it's in that truth that we are found. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo. To find out more, visit www.oasiswaterloo.org. 